We are going to look again for, at the life of David and also again I'm going to share from the chapter as a church we are reading tomorrow but that shouldn't stop you reading it tomorrow because God can speak to you differently tomorrow from his word than he does today. We have been looking at well-being and health matters and this is a story again about David and last week we looked at how he celebrated the recovering of all that he'd lost from the Amalekites. This is another type of celebration we're looking at today because celebration is good for our well-being if it's meaningful and David was into celebration and last week we looked at how he reacted well to situations and how his reactions helped his well-being in his life. Today there's a sense in which he doesn't react as well and there's three areas of well-being. There's well-being within himself, his relationship with himself. There's his well-being and his relationship with God and also with others. We all live at these levels in ourselves, our relationship with God, upward. So there's inward, there's upward, but there's also outward in our relationship with others. Today, there's a celebration atmosphere at the end. The background to the story is that God had ordained his people in Israel, his God followers, to have a structure called the Ark of the Covenant, the type of thing Indiana Jones was excited about. And in this Ark contained three things. There was a copy of the Ten Commandments, there was a pot of manna, and there was also Aaron's rod, which had been used when they were being laid out of Egypt. And these three things really were just symbols of areas of God's connection with his people in the Old Testament. But more than that, they signified the presence and the glory of God. It was the presence of God in this Ark of the Covenant. It symbolized where God lived and dwelt among his people when they had that in the middle of them. It was the greatest, most significant, holy item that they had. And it was just all about this is God with us. This is his presence. This is glory. This is everything that he is in our, in our gatherings and where we are living as the people of God. The problem, number one that we see is this ark wasn't in Jerusalem. It hadn't been in Jerusalem for some time. And David had made Jerusalem the capital city. He's king now. And he wanted to bring this ark back. He wanted that presence, that glory of God to be so real with his people and with David himself. So that was problem number one. Problem number two, when they did start to bring it back as David wanted, they did it wrong. They didn't do it according to God's instructions on how to carry this act, this symbol of his presence, this carrying of his presence. They'd done it wrong and they carried it in a cart and it began to stumble and a man called user put his hand out and, to try and stop it from falling. But then he died and as a result, David got angry, angry with God, angry with the world really, but angry with God, disconnected from God because of what he thought was an injustice and he got angry and disconnected with God and then stopped bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. 
And basically he said to his people, just let it stay in that house of Obed-Edom and don't bring it to Jerusalem. Basically he had a standoff and a fallout with God over this. And he said, I'm not taking this back to Jerusalem. Just let it stay in Obed-Edom's house. And that's where we pick up the story in 2 Samuel chapter 6. And we read from verse 11 that the ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Then King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite, man and woman, in the crowd, a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael this daughter of Saul came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes, but those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. So Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. That's the story, and David really ends up celebrating, but he explained the background to the story. We come to that place where David really disconnected from God at the start. His attitude harmed himself, harmed his own well-being. He robbed himself of the blessing of God in his life by letting the ark stay at Obed-Edom's place. For three months, Obed-Edom's house was blessed and everything in it. You know, for us, there can be times when maybe we have not got what we wanted we are not happy that God doesn't seem to be working the way we want him to work. He's not doing what we want. We can even have times when we get angry and we blame God for our mishaps, for our mistakes, or for things not working out. We can get angry because 
we have done wrong. The problem wasn't God. David was the problem. But David hadn't done things God's way. He'd done it his way and brought problems on him. But you know, we can be like him as well. Our attitude and reaction when things are not going well. And all that happened was that David robbed himself from the blessing of God in his life. See, God doesn't change. And David's attitude and actions didn't affect God in the sense that God changed who he was. God is consistent. God is constant. God is unfailing in all he does. And he doesn't have mood swings like we do. And when things are not going his way, he doesn't take the huff and stop being who he is or doing what he does. And the reality is David saying, I'm having a fallout with God, did not stop God being who he was. And God being a God who's for people and blessing people. And God continued to bless people. He just wasn't blessing David. But it wasn't that God had changed. It was David had had a fallout with God. We can't stop God blessing. That's what he does. He's a God who blesses people. He's for people. He loves people. He does great things for people. But we can stop ourselves receiving the blessings that God is pouring out because we're not happy at what is going on. And we can take the huff with God. David took himself out of the blessing of God. It was party time in Obed-Edom's house. Just imagine it. This, uh, David just somehow or another decided Obed-Edom's house was a place for it to go. And in this house for three months, the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. He must have been praying that David had a standoff with God for the rest of his life. Because every time God, David was falling out with God, Obed-Edom said, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. God can't help bless me. Just imagine his prayer life. God, I just pray that David will come to a place of repentance. In six years' time, he will come back to that place and he reconnects. He was having the best time of his life. God was blessing him. And listen, we can look at David and criticize. But if we're honest, we can all say we've been there at times. We've taken a hub because it didn't work out. That person didn't get healed. I didn't get that job. That family situation is still going on. And sometimes we can start to blame God and disconnect with God. And all we're doing is robbing ourselves of the blessing that God wants for our life. Maybe that's where you are today. Bad things still happen to good people. But how we react can determine how God blesses and inputs into our life. Don't let our attitudes disconnect us from God in a way that God can't come and pour his blessings still into our life. That wasn't usual for David. He had a great relationship with God in the norm. And maybe you and I can have on the whole great relationships, but there's times we can disconnect and become hard and separated from God. But the great thing about David is he became connected again with God. And while his reaction harmed himself inside, his reconnection with God upwards brought help and hope back into his life. You can just picture the scene when 
some brave person comes to David and says, hey, along this kind of line, David, you'll never guess what's happened. What's that? Remember you says, take that ark thing, the ark of the covenant, to Obedidim says, yeah, I remember it well. But three months ago, you'll never guess what's happened. See, for the past three months, it's as if he's at the Midas touch on his life. He's got a promotion. He's got a wage rise. His wife's pregnant. His daughters are pregnant. His kids have passed all their exams at school. He's got a brand new car. Uh, everything in the garden's rosy. His fruit is growing big time. Even his football team have won every game they've played in those three months. Well, maybe not quite. Okay, but you get the picture. That's the kind of conversation that happened here. And then David thought, hey, 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 I want some of that. I, 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 hey, maybe, maybe I was a bit too snappy in my judgment. I had a fear of God that if God acts like that, I can't connect with him. And I'm angry at God that that's what he did. But listen, if that's what happens with the Ark of the Covenant, I want some of that in my life. I want, I'm greedy for the blessing and the presence of God to fill my life again. I read, or I heard Sam Chan saying this week, emotional growth is when you can celebrate with others' success. Now, I'm not sure if David was celebrating with Obadiah's success, but what he was saying is, I want some of the blessing that he has in my life. I tell you what, it's okay to want the blessing of God in your life. God's a God who blesses. But we need to keep ourselves and get ourselves right in order for God to bless us. So David goes and he brings this ark back to Jerusalem with a great celebration. Do you know why? This ark symbolizes it was the presence of God in the Old Testament with his people. And do you know why he was celebrating? Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In God's presence, there's joy. God's presence fills with celebration and joy and hope. And David led a procession through the streets. There was music, there was dancing, there were blowing of ram's horns. I don't know what that sounded like, but it was a celebration type atmosphere. It was carnival atmosphere. And oh, while God is holy and awesome and judge of all the earth, I want to encourage you today, you maybe don't realize, but God's presence is a, pre- a place of celebration. God wants us to celebrate as well. When you've got God in your midst, heaven is a celebration. And when we celebrate God's presence, it's a touch of heaven coming to earth. And David was celebrating the presence and the blessing of God coming into his life. His attitude and his mindset had changed and he changed focus and he started blessing people. He started celebrating God. He had an attitude that says, well, even if I don't get everything I want, even if I don't understand everything, I'm choosing to celebrate the presence of God in my life. I'm choosing to celebrate that God is with me, that God is for me, that he's forgiven me, he's kept me, he's healed me, he's restored me, he's great. But above all that, just the fact that I've got the presence of God in my family, in my home, in my city, is enough for me to start celebrating. You can celebrate God's presence in your life. And this is if David decided, I'm going to make up for those three months that I've missed out of blessing and celebration. And then he started celebrating like he'd never done before. It's almost as if he was Ebenezer Scrooge. At the start of the story, it's like bar humbug. I'm falling out with God. And at the end, it is joy to the world. 
let's every, Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless us, everyone. Let's just bless people. Let's give out cakes. Let's give out raisins. Let's just party. This is celebration time. I had a bad attitude and I disconnected from God, but I'm making up for lost time and I'm going to celebrate God in my life. I'm going to celebrate God's presence in my life because when you're connected to God, it's a cause of celebration. Maybe you've been disconnected from God. Today, you can reconnect and enjoy his presence and his blessing in your life. And his reaction, which harmed him, led to a reconnection with God, which helped him. But then he started rejoicing and that poured out to others. Because you know, what we are is infectious, good or bad. What is in us overflows to others. And when David rejected the ark, it wasn't just him when he kept it in Gath. It wasn't just him that missed out. It was all those in Jerusalem who missed out in the presence of God in their city. Our mindset and our attitude affects others around us. And David had an impact on others. And then he started celebrating. And that affected others as well. And it brought the presence back in. But listen, just because you're celebrating God and the blessing of God, don't expect everybody to be happy. And then there's a woman here called Michael, who is David's wife, who was not at all amused. She, he was praising God and blessing God, and he was dancing and leaping and shouting and blowing ram songs. He was just enjoying the blessing and the presence of God. And Michael looked out the window and says, Oh no, said to him, you know what? You made a fool of yourself today. I was affronted. That's what she said. I was embarrassed at what you were like today. I was embarrassed at the way you were celebrating God. Now what's dangerous? She was barren from that moment on. Now sometimes we look at other people and they celebrate God and we think, oh, you're over the top. Now I'm not giving a license for people to act any way they want. But listen, we need to let people celebrate God because we don't know where they've been and what God has done in their life. That's not a license to just be stupid about it. But listen, but don't be critical of other people when they're celebrating and enjoying God in their life. It's dangerous to become hard-hearted and critical. David's response was, you know what? I was dancing before the Lord because he's chosen me. He's appointed me. His hands in my life, his presence in my life, and that's enough for me to celebrate. See, Michael's problem, apart from her pride, if we read the story, was that she didn't appreciate the presence of God in her life, or want the presence of God in her life. When the procession was taking place, when they were all celebrating the presence of God coming back, Michael wasn't in the procession. She was an onlooker, looking at what was happening outside. In my experience, it's people who are onlookers who criticize those who are in the middle of what is happening. It's easy when you're an onlooker to let your heart become hard, become critical and bitter. Don't be an onlooker. Get involved, connect with God, connect with church, get involved in church life, get involved in life. Because when you're just an onlooker, you become critical and hard-hearted. But when you get involved and you're in the middle of what's going on, God can work in you and bless you with the right attitude. See, what was sad, really sad about this story here was David 
was coming home to bless his family. But Michael, instead of receiving blessing, received barrenness because she allowed her heart to get hurt and she didn't appreciate, enjoy God's presence in her life. She robbed herself of blessing and instead received barrenness. You know, maybe you've allowed your heart to become hard. They brought the ark back and they celebrated it. David had prepared a place for God in his life. It says that he prepared a place for the ark to be. And no, in our day, God doesn't dwell in arcs or structures or buildings. He dwells in hearts. He dwells in the hearts of those who open up their hearts to him. And we can prepare our heart for God to come in and fill us with his presence and his blessing. David did that. He learned his lesson. Michael didn't. Michael had a hard heart. And she hadn't prepared a place for that presence and blessing of God to come into her life like David had. And today, maybe you've allowed your heart to get hardened. It might have been an event. It might have been a process through time where you've just allowed your heart to turn hard. But today... God can come and soften that heart. You can come and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've allowed my heart to get hearted. I've disconnected from you. And all I've done is harm myself, not harmed you. And I've maybe even harmed others by my hardness of heart. But today is a day of celebration because you can come and cause that heart to soften again. And God can come and create a clean, soft heart in you. I'm not minimizing things that have happened to you which have caused that hardness, that hurt to come. But all I'm pleading with you today is to do is to soften your heart because when you're robbing yourself of that place of the presence of God and the blessing of God coming into your life. David was there, but he moved into that place of I didn't get everything I wanted, I didn't understand everything. I'm going to start celebrating what I have in life and who I have in life. You know, celebration is great. It's good for our well-being if it's meaningful. And the greatest celebration we can have is knowing that we have God's presence in our life on a continual basis. David enjoyed the reconnection with God. And today's a day, a just sense of reconnection with some people with God, where you can start celebrating his presence again. At the start, his reaction affected his inward well-being. But then when he reconnected with God, that affected his relationship with God and helped his well-being. And then his attitude of celebration and rejoices, rejoicing affected the well-being of those around. You can affect people around you. All three are vital for our well-being. Today, let's learn from David. 
Let's not disconnect from God. Let's reconnect. For those of us who have disconnected, let's reconnect with God. You know what? Let's celebrate his presence. Let's celebrate that God is in our life, that his mercy, his triumph over judgment, that his power is in our life, that his blessing is in our life. I don't want you to be robbed of all the blessings of God that he's lined up for you. David had cut himself off from them, but he reconnected and then began to enjoy again the goodness and the blessing and the favor of God. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that even though we can disconnect from you, that you're still willing to receive us back. Thank you that your mercy triumphs over your judgment. Thank you that we've not stopped you blessing. We've just robbed ourselves. But Lord, I pray particularly for those who have disconnected and allowed their hearts to get a bit hard through life circumstances, through things that have not worked out. Let this be a day of reconnection. Let this be a day where we come back to God and we reconnect with you because there's something within us that just wants to enjoy your presence, that wants to experience your blessing and your presence in our life. Let this be a day like David came and says, I'm reconnecting with God. It's me that was wrong. And I want to enjoy his presence in my life, in my family, in my home, in my community, in my nation. And Lord, I pray that as we do, that we will celebrate you. We will celebrate who you are and having a relationship with you. And let that celebration and that rejoicing have an impact on others that we want to pour out our blessings into their life. In Jesus' name, amen.